0: To Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell, along with our producer, Thomas Mates. And throughout the pandemic, we have seen thousands of people all across America, really, and the world struggling with food insecurity. The need has stretched many food pantries to their limits. So now we are in a new year. Vaccines are providing some hope, and today we are joined by a woman who has been on the front lines of the fight against hunger, not just this year, not just during the pandemic, but for many, many years here in Central Florida, Stephanie Bowman from One Heart for Women and Children. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We know that the need right now is bigger than ever. We see the long lines of people lining up in their cars, waiting to get food. How many more people are we talking about with your organization have been in need of food compared to last year, say? So prior to the pandemic, we were serving about
1: 3,000 individuals each month. Um, Within the first two weeks of uh, the pandemic, we we started helping over 20,000 people. Wow. We were literally, we went from seeing 250 to 325 people each day. Um, to literally over a thousand people each day at One Heart. So we we expanded our hours, but we also opened up an additional
0: day. Of course, initially during the pandemic, everything was shut down. Central Florida relies heavily on tourism. So many uh, businesses in our area have been hit hard and have had to lay off people. Has it gotten any better as the economy has reopened? It's gotten worse. And I say worse, more people are in need
1: of food. And part of that is, is um, so many of the, especially the hospitality industry, as they were out of work, and many of them still out of work, um, but even the ones as they started going back to work, there were other bills that had to be paid. There were, you know, whether it was credit card payments or back rent or electricity, three months of electricity. So what we're finding is there are more and more, more of, um, more individuals that have never had to visit a food pantry where um, they know there's a safe place. And I say safe, safe as in they can come in and not have to show financials from the year before um, or even, you know, three or four months before where anybody and everybody that comes to one heart that needs food we give food to. When they come back a second time, what we do is we get in and, and we, we ask more questions then so that we can see um, you know, what the greater need is.
0: If there's a greater need than just food. So how does an organization like yours go from serving 3,000 people to 20,000 people overnight? I'll tell
1: you in the beginning we it takes 16 to 20 of us to, on any given day right now to be able to serve our community the way that we are. I will tell you it was day three of the pandemic where, um, you know, everybody was being shut down. We made a phone call to the city and to second harvest food bank, which happens to be one of our partners and said, you know, we do, we're here. We're not shutting down. Like we made that full on commitment. We are not shutting down. Although we have no idea what it's going to look like. And together we all just started getting on the phone and calling people that we knew. And as we were telling the story, um, that all the needs were being met. Now I will tell you financially, we also went from our food expense being about $3,000 each month to over 20,000 each month. And for a nonprofit organization such as One Heart, like we, we really, we've, we've always, it's been month to month. We've never had really, you know, too much of a reserve. And if we did have a reserve, it went really quickly. So we just, we really, we reached out to the community and, and said, here's our needs. And people stepped up, businesses, corporations stepped up up to be able to help. And I will say we need that support still, um, whether it's monthly donors, whether it is um, restaurants or, or grocery stores that um, find that they have extra food where it's a matter of who do we call. There's a lot of the grocery stores that do, they don't have community partners. So we have, we have two trucks, we've got two trailers and we have a refrigerated box truck and we have drivers. So at any given time, if somebody calls such as yesterday sunny's barbecue called and they had 20 frozen turkeys and so they we were going to go get them and they said you know what we've got we've got them already in the box refrigerated box truck can we bring them over so great new partnerships like that we're open to a lot of different types of donations as well because we help with other things other than food but right now we're talking about food
2: so uh, I imagine you had mentioned that, like, you're seeing a lot of people who are like first timers to food banks, I, I have to imagine that for some, there's even an embarrassment factor, they've got to get over We're we're very, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of society for better or for worse. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories of just people, I, I would imagine there's even people apologizing, you know, so I mean, like, what kind of experiences have you seen from these people who are like these first timers coming in? What are, what are some of the stories you've heard? So I have two
1: stories that I really want to share. And one of them, uh, last week we had, a, a gentleman that was, um, Um, he owned a couple of restaurants and the restaurants were they were shut down in, in April. He just couldn't make it work. And they, they were one that could not get any of the, um, the, um, any of the grant monies. And yeah, for whatever reason, don't know why, but they weren't able to get any of it. So he had to shut his restaurants down and he had money in, in a savings account. Um, the money's gone. He had no money left, and and made a phone call to a friend of his to say, you know, I don't know where I don't know where to go, and credit cards maxed, you know, and literally he said, I didn't know of another door to open, I didn't even know of another person to to make that phone call to, and part of it was exactly what you just said. It's this um, this um, I say false pride. I call it false pride, but it's this—it's this pride thing, especially being a father um, with three children, and he's always been able to provide for his family. And uh, he made that phone call, and and it, what it did is it reminded him that his company, when he worked before he owned the restaurants, his company ten years ago volunteered with us. Wow. So. It was when he heard One Heart for Women and Children, like it sparked that that heart, right? And he's like, oh, it's a great place that I can go. And he, drew, he drove up and, and I happened to be out front. We talked a little bit and he got enough food for, for a couple of weeks. So depending on what the situation is as people come in, that really de- determines how much food they get. But for every $1, literally $1 is enough. We can provide enough food for 12 to 16 meals wow. and that's breakfast lunch dinner that's meat that's eggs milk cheese and um and all the and uh produce so it's all the other items that you would need to be able to make spaghetti or make a um chicken and 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 a vegetable and some rice for your family um literally one dollar and we had somebody that came in a few weeks ago and said how in the world do you do that Like one dollar, so we showed them, and because of where the food comes from, and we buy some of our food at a at a great shared cost, and then others like our Trader Joe's and some of the other grocery stores that we get for free. So as you add all that, you know the free plus the cost, putting it all together, it's ninety eight cents to a dollar two per person Mm
0: -hmm. for twelve to sixteen meals. Wow. And I think it's great that you've been able to team up with grocery stores. And the last thing anyone wants to see in a time like this is food being wasted. And because obviously, you know, there is such a huge need. So that is wonderful that you've been able to partner with them. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the um, federal money, because I believe in the initial CARES Act, there was a lot of money earmarked for food banks and to help uh, with that need. Moving forward, now that we're in a new year, uh, President-elect Joe Biden has... Uh, announced his plan for uh, you know, a stimulus bill. What are you hoping to see in terms of like a governmental response to this?
1: Um, well, I wanna say um, nonprofit organizations like One Heart for Women and Children don't qualify uh, because we don't have anybody on payroll. And there's many other nonprofit organizations that are the same way, where because we don't have three people or more that are um, on payroll, um, we, we just we don't qualify. So um, we have really depended on a whole lot of our community. What I will say is that I hope that there is a way in uh, with some of the stimulus money uh, or, or, or funds that come in from the government, uh, I hope that they can take a look at some of the places, such as One Heart, um, and and find a way to be able to help us as well.
2: So, in in talking, uh, you you had mentioned before, like talking with city leaders in Orlando and stuff like that. How has how has the local government been to work with, insofar as as you know your needs and and outreach to the community? How has that relationship been throughout this? Absolutely
1: amazing because there's a whole lot of them that have been doing collections either um, 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 by themselves or with other groups. So especially Christmas time. So we help with food and Christmas presents at at Christmas. And we had nine city leaders that, came with literally trucks full of presents and food. And for Thanksgiving, the additional is a, a full Thanksgiving meal that's in a basket with a turkey where they can they can take it home and cook it themselves. We had, I think, 14 different um, city leaders that helped with that initiative as well and helped us to, to hand deliver to some of the families that couldn't get to us. So financially, no, although. Um, um, it's not always about, it's not always about a check. And I think that that's the other part that I love to be able to share is that, um, you know, there's so many different ways that people can help. Um, there's that precious gift of time. One heart wouldn't run day to day without people's gift of time.
0: How are you running this where you're dealing with you know 20,000 people a week um, uh, or more and then dealing with all of these volunteers? How are you managing all that and keeping everyone safe from the virus? How does that work? Right. I
1: love that how you said that we have 10,000 square feet here and nobody comes into one heart other than the volunteers. So, um, they drive up and as they drive up outside, we have three different people that sign them in, ask the questions, you know, if it's their first time, if it's their second time. So we sign them in on the computer. So we also know when the last time they were here mm-hmm. or if it's a very first time being able to find out what some of their other you know needs are as well. Um, but we have got the most amazing, volunteer staff that I think that anybody that I could ever ask for. I'll say that. Um, my youngest daughter just um, um, came on board as well and uh, true, just great leadership skills. So we have, everybody stays in their lane and that's what I love. So we've got, you know, we've got our manager of the food pantry. We've got our manager of the, um, the, the produce section. We've got our manager for the thrift store because we have a thrift store that's open on Saturdays separate from the food. Um, although the money that We earn on our thrift store on Saturday, all goes back for us to be able to buy our food at our shared cost, um, which helps a little bit with that supplement. Um, Our 16 to 20 volunteers out of that, we've got eight of them, our leaders that are here with us literally 40 hours a week. They have other ways that they're earning an income or Mm. don't have to, you know, don't need an income to come in. But many of us have other jobs. That's Um, incredible. Yeah.
2: So uh, with, uh, you know, usually, you know, I know around the holidays, food pantries tend to see some more donations and things like that. People are feeling generous, but I imagine, you know, after that, there's, you know, a bit of a lull, which maybe in a normal year might not be as bad, but, you know, has that been something you experienced now? Has people kept their generosity up understanding that there's a need?
1: So the first
2: two weeks of January, we, we really, in this,
1: in this first two weeks, we've been, um, it's been a struggle. Uh, although what we did is, um, we picked up the phone and started calling people. Um, and I think that that's really where most of our donations, I would say 60% of our donations, um, financially, Come in from our relationships, picking up the phone, thanking our donors. Um, you know, really, I'm when I say thanking them every time that check comes in, um, every time somebody goes online, they get a, they get a thank you very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and I think that um, it's part of those relationships that we have and that we keep. Um, and that we we make sure that we are thanking them and letting them know where their dollars are going. So we had a meeting this morning and there were nine of us. Um, and so seven of them were our partners and we were talking about what our need is for this first quarter. And it'll be interesting to see where um, what happens in this next 10 days from that that meeting this morning. Again, I think that people want to know where their dollars are going. People want to know, you know, if I give you, If I donate $10,000, is it really going to food? Um, and what we say is absolutely come on in. We invite you to come in. You can go shop with us. You can go pick food up with us. You can help pack bags with us, so that your eyes, so you can see it, see it. You can you can feel it. You can be a part of the beginning, the middle, and being able to give that food, the food bags to um, anybody that drives up. And I think that's something also that's a little bit different about One Heart is that we do have the ability to to do that. We have the ability to go outside of the box a little bit, and um, I think some of that is. You know, being a founder, um, visionary of One Heart, um, when there's a want
0: or a need, I think we, 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 can, um, we can find a way to do it. Yeah, you know, obviously in the times that we're in, you have to be nimble, you have to be flexible, you have to be able to respond quickly, which is what you said you were forced to do at the beginning of the pandemic within days. You just saw that need skyrocket. So how do you plan for the future? I mean, there are so many variables out there with the vaccine, all these different strains with federal funding, the economy, How are you planning for the spring, the summer, the fall? Do you even plan that far out in advance?
1: funny you ask that because I've had that asked three different times and really we have been since March it's really it's day-to-day week-to-week sometimes minute-to-minute we will continue serving the community at least for a year the way that we are um, with nobody coming inside prior to the pandemic we were a, a choice pantry where our clients could come in and by the time they made it to the front desk to sign in they were hugged three times they were hugged as soon as they got out of their car out in the parking lot they were hugged as they were coming in the front door we knew their name um you know and and welcomed in them in by name we knew if somebody's grandmother was sick or they knew if you know something was going on within our one heart family and then they would be hugged again right as they were getting to the to the 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 desk to sign in um that obviously that's very different we're not you know there's no hugging
2: Mm-hmm. There's no,
1: tu- there's no, none of that physical touch. Um, that's that was probably the hardest for me. Um, although, um, as they would come in and they would sign in, they had 15 minutes that they could literally go table to table and pick if they wanted sweet potatoes or or white or whole potatoes, or if they wanted brown eggs or white eggs or whatever that might be, sugar cereal or regular cere- you know, or Special K. Um, they really they could choose what they wanted. The difference now is that we are not a choice pantry. Um, and unless somebody has allergies or um, you know a dietary need that's different, we absolutely can accommodate that as well um, with some of the specialties. But other than that, everybody's getting the, everybody's box looks the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, do you anticipate this demand to basically be the same, roughly the same, say this summer, six months from now? Absolutely, and I
1: think that it. I don't think it'll get better. Um, I don't see it getting better until until at the end of the year. Um, and part of it, there's so many people that are still out of work, um, and so many people that have family members that have gotten sick or sick right now with COVID, or uh, families that are still at home helping to take care of their children and being there for their children as their children are are not back in school. There's a there's there's an, a tremendous amount of families that just don't feel that the school building, the four walls of the school, um, is the safest place for their children. So, you know, they are at home trying to work or now part-time instead of full-time because they have to be at home. So we're watching a lot of variables there. Um, What I do know Is that there are some amazing places like One Heart where families can come in and they can have some of those, the needs met, um, such as making sure that they have fresh food for their table and I think whatever that table looks like because there's some of our families that when we say um, you know that the food is going home to their table their table is they're, they're living in a tent or four people in a motel room um, but so our table my table right now and somebody else's table might look very very different I know 23 years ago when I was homeless with my children um, our table was the back of a dumpster mm-hmm. so um After living there for a very short five weeks, um, when I started One Heart for Women and Children, it was very, very important. And one of the things that we said is anybody that we met that needed food, whether they made their way here or we were out in the community, we would make sure that they had fresh food
0: you know we um at the beginning of this podcast were able to just dive right into the pressing needs but you do have a history um of a personal history of being in a situation where you were in need of food um and as a result you turned those challenges into this mission to serve the community and so i think that that really says a lot because you are able to relate to so many other people
1: Yes, and I'll tell you one of the other things that we've that we have done is going out into the community. Um, we now, for the last seven months, we um, we do a mobile food drop uh, where it's fifty to seventy thousand pounds of food that comes in on on a semi and another large truck. Uh, we do it every single month at Camping World Stadium. Um, different. Um, it's usually the third wednesday of every month minus this month and i'll send you over the um the calendar this month it's on the 27th but the rest of the year it's the third wednesday of each month and anybody can drive up or walk up for food but we have it we've got it's in the paramore anderson area and we did that very very specifically because that is also the area where i was homeless
0: Well, you know, and it's interesting too, because obviously there is a huge need for food, but then for many people, it's physically getting that food, picking it up and having transportation to then take it to their house or wherever they're staying. One of the things that we
1: are looking for right now, like, you know, I always, I think about that, that, that one ask, obviously dollars are always, you know, financial donations are always um, a need, but there's also with our mobile food drop and with here at one heart, if anybody has suitcases that has wheel that wheel that have wheels or the grocery carts or laundry carts um, where I know Walmart has them for like $8.99 um, if anybody is ever wanting, you know, a, something that really is making a tremendous impact for somebody in our community, it's mm-hmm. something a lot of people wouldn't think about. But it's also yeah. that suitcase that family can take, you know, food home for a week for their family mm-hmm. if they're having to get on a bus or they're having to walk because it's got wheels, it's got a handle, and they can, you know, they yeah. can get it home. Um, whether it's a suitcase or whether it's the the metal. Um, Um, It's got the handles. It's like a laundry cart that a lot of people use as they go into the, you know, to a laundry mat or whatnot. Um, You know, and also the needs. There's so many things from, from our homes that we can help with. Um, and I think that's the, the, the that's been the other beautiful part. As um, as we get phone calls saying, you know, I'm in my home. I've been at home. We're purging. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a need for for pretty much everything. The only two things that we don't take is um, is mattresses um, and um, and and Tupperware. Like those are the only two things out of everything we take. Everything else from food to furniture, to mm-hmm. household goods to clothes. Um, going back to the food part of it though you know if you if people uh grocery shop at like publix and it's a buy one get one free and you know that you don't necessarily oh, need oh, two guys of yeah. rice or whatever that might be drop it off at
0: one heart Mm-hmm. Well, and you are conveniently located in the College Park neighborhood of Orlando. And so uh, that's very good advice. Great things to think about too, because even something like, as you mentioned, a suitcase with wheels, something that no one would ever really think that someone like you or your organization would have a need for, it's good to know. And it's a good reminder for people. We know you're extremely busy. Uh, today alone, it was 1,100 meals you served today or-, or 1117 um, uh, individuals. Individuals that yep, came today alone. Yep, to get food. So it, if people want to donate, if they want to volunteer, give us your website
1: www.oneheartforwomenandchildren.org. Perfect. Thank and you. I want to say that glimmer of hope, out of everything, the glimmer of hope. If you're out there and you feel hopeless, helpless, you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, please, please do not hesitate. Pick up the phone and call because we can help.
0: As you know personally, it is so important, and it can be life-changing. And um, you know, hopefully, in a year from now things will be getting much better and the economy will be better and that need will be down dramatically. So let's hope. All right. Thank you so much, Stephanie Bowman. We know you are super busy and you have a whole bunch of people trying to get a hold of you right now. Thank you so much for joining us on Florida Foodie.
1: Have a perfect weekend, you all. Thank Thank you. Have a good
2: day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Stephanie Bowman. You can find her organization online at oneheartforwomenandchildren.org. There you can also find details on how to volunteer or donate. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell on social media. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Florida Foodie is available to download wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to take the time to rate and review us there as well. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash podcasts.